Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. If you do not see 10 to 20 times return on ad spend on brand search, treat checkout and cart abandonment emails the same, or don't know your online customer lifetime value, then your e-commerce revenue potential is not being realized. Contact us today at skydiamondelite.com forward slash BOF to achieve the e-commerce success your brand deserves. After 40 years, I've seen that I really think the system has certainly been broken. We can't always just do things the way we've done them in the past. You know, everyone I think realizes that the whole system's mixed up, doesn't make sense. I'm just wondering how you feel fashion fits into this landscape that has been so radically altered. To see the public come together globally and here in New York, after watching the horrific murder of George Floyd, to see everyone say, no more, this is done. The difficulties have forced us all to slow up, but I think there's gonna be a wonderful rebirth. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion, and welcome to the BOF Podcast. This week, our editor-at-large sits down with the American designer Michael Kors, who discusses his plans for Fashion Week this September. In fact, Michael Kors won't be doing a normal show at all. Like some of his counterparts in Europe, including Saint Laurent and Gucci, Michael is questioning the efficacy of the current fashion schedule and calendar. And so he's decided to present in a completely new format 
launching globally on October 15th on the brand's social and digital platforms. He talks to Tim Blanks about all of this, including the confusion around the nomenclature of various seasons and how he wants to clean that up too. Here's Tim Blanks with Michael Kors, Inside Fashion. Hello everyone and welcome to BOF Live. Today we're talking to Michael Kors from New York. Um, hello, Michael. Hello there. Great to see you. Great to see you. And we are doing this instead of actually seeing each other in September. Yes, that, that's, that's, that's the, the God's honest truth, unfortunately. What are you planning to do in September when we would have been seeing each other? Well, I have to tell you, long before uh, the pandemic, uh, I, I really kept thinking to myself, I'm screeching in next year to my 40th anniversary. So it, it has been a time for me to sort of reassess, think about things. And, and I just, after 40 years, Tim, I've seen that I really think the system has certainly been broken. Um, we can't always just do things the way we've done them in the past. And I, I think that, you know, everyone I think realizes that the whole system's mixed up, doesn't make sense. So I certainly had my wheels turning about that prior to the pandemic. And then, of course, being in lockdown, you really start to analyze. And I go back as someone who has been doing this for so long. And once in a while, back to the future is a good thing. And, you know, for many decades, the New York collections were after the Paris collections ended. In fact, they were a week after Paris ended. And I think we never, uh, we never inundated the consumer with too much information, just as in September, you know, here in the States, we have Labor Day. And it's, you know, the world opens up again, hopefully, right? And why are we confusing the consumer and the press with a new season when they haven't even absorbed the one that has just arrived in the shops. It just didn't make sense to me. Um, and, you know, more than ever, of course, where people are, they're not planning months and months ahead. You know, we really are living in a time where fashion is very much, always has been though, it's about the emotion that you're in. So are you starting to plan your fall wardrobe in May? I don't think so. I don't know who you are. You don't have a life. So I, I thought to myself, well, we used to do this after Paris. It allowed for journalists and retailers um, and the consumer to have a breath. And then in October, it, it really became the perfect moment uh, to show a new collection without cutting off the previous collection that had just arrived in the shops. So call me old fashioned, but back to the future. Um, I waved the flag for September being a key month for fashion information, whether it's print or digital. So the consumer sees everything and we will be uh, doing sort of a two-sided uh, approach this season. Um, a week after Paris, uh, will give everyone a rest for those who are still traveling, uh, but also even just to rest your head. 
you know, and digest what you've just seen. I think that's important. Um, and we will be, uh, you've never actually been for one of my pre-collections in the no. showroom here in New York. No. Well, I, you know, call me old school. I actually very much enjoy working with journalists and showing the clothes in a very intimate setting. Sort of, you know, uh, very salon sort of with me talking about the collection. And I always thought, Tim, rather than having 800 people in the audience, my dream would be to have this sort of one-on-one -on -one or intimate conversation with journalists. So this year, first off, we now have Zoom. So this year we will first be uh, presenting uh, in New York, whether it's in person with intimate groups of journalists or via Zoom, we will be previewing what you will then see released the next day in a digital format. So it's kind of, it's the best of both. You get Michael up close, the clothes up close, and then you get the digital. Well, I, I think about the first time, the first time I, I met you, which was 84, 85, right? Yeah. When you just, I guess you just launched, what did you just done in 84? You just had your first show. That was my first fashion show. Yeah, and, and you were the king of the trunk show in those days. You'd taken on board this whole, you, instead of the world coming to you, you went to the world. So you were traveling around meeting people and really bonding with the women who wanted to wear your clothes. That seems to me, that, that seems like it was one of the keys to your success at, at the beginning. How do you imagine yourself doing that now? I mean, it's all very well chatting to journalists and your show them. That's very, that's very nice and everything. But, you know, ultimately the people you want to connect with are the, the women who are going to, the women and the men who are going to buy and wear your clothes. Well, Tim, here's what's interesting. I, I, I have to say, I don't know, here we are this many years in, and the connection to the customer for me, I think has been key to my success. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, and I've always believed uh, that when you go out, you know, designers, if you lock yourself in your studio and you're surrounded by your staff and everyone's telling you how amazing you are and isn't everything fabulous and you're only talking to journalists who get a discount, um, or borrow something to wear to get their picture taken in front of a fashion show, I think you quickly lose uh, the sense of reality of who you're dressing. So I have never stopped doing personal appearances. Um, and a lot of people are sort of shocked. You know, right before we went into lockdown, after the New York show, I did two personal appearances here in the States in Florida. Now, since we've been in lockdown, I kept thinking, how do we keep these relationships open and going? Plus, how do we have this sort of banter back and forth with the consumer? And uh, certainly social media, uh, we have never had a situation where in the past I became, you know, it was just myself and my husband locked in the house He's the cameraman, there's no script, there's no makeup, there's no lights, and I am letting people know what's on my mind, and quite honestly, they let me know what's on their mind. In addition, though, what's been incredible, and I am not the techiest human on the planet, that's for sure, we have done nine 
trunk show slash personal appearances since lockdown. And Tim, how incredible that we have seen clients from Switzerland to Southern California, from Montreal to London, from Milan to Chicago. And I have to say, being able to show the collection, talk about the collection, and see our clients, quite honestly, thrilled to actually engage. And I have to tell you, a lot of people are happy to get out of their damn sweatsuit. I mean, a lot of our customers, when I get on these Zooms with them, they are dressed and they're excited to be dressed and excited to figure out what does fashion mean during this craziness? Yeah. How, they, how do we get dressed? They dress for Zooming with you. Absolutely. Like jewels and the whole... Oh, well, and you know, I have a feeling a lot... I keep, I keep joking. I had one woman who had on a fabulous crystal embroidered jacket from us. And I said to her, I said, are you wearing sweatpants below? <laughs> and then another woman laughed and said, we don't even need to wear bottoms anymore. <laughs> and it felt she said you wear a bikini bottom and a really cool jacket or a blouse or a sweater. And I said to her, I said, but aren't we navigating this? We're all navigating this together. You know, and it's funny, I was just talking to a group of women and we were talking about what does evening mean now? You know, I mm -hmm. mean... There's, you're not parading on a red carpet with a train on a gown. Like, so what does that mean? And I said to this client, I said, you know, I said, I'm never going to tell you that I am, you know, Sybil the soothsayer. I said, but when we showed the fall collection, there were no stilettos. We showed all the evening clothes with boots and flat shoes. We had a lot of cozy things that I think are sort of security blankets. So I said to her, I said, when you get dressed at night now, I said, you're probably at most gonna see, what, another couple? Mm -hmm. You know, it's gonna be you and your husband and one other couple. So you, you still wanna feel special. You know, I've gone to birthday parties on Zoom and the women are dressed, but they're not dressed in a gala way. So can you wear boots with it? Can you throw a cardigan over it? And this woman said to me, she said, wow. She said, I could actually get dressed at night and not be crippled. I said, exactly. So that's, they're, and they're looking for the answers, Tim. They certainly are. But have you heard about these, well, obviously dinner parties are happening. Um, I've heard about a few dinner parties where, where people are dressed, really dressed, really dressed, even in couture, um, with all the jewels. And all so the on. jewelry comes out. And it feels to me like you say back to the future. I almost say it's forward to the past that, you know, fashion used to be a very discreet business. It used to be, a, you know, a, a, a woman's relationship with her dressmaker. And it wasn't about social media and it wasn't about being papped and, and all this other stuff. People actually dress for themselves and for their quite tight little milieu. Mm -hmm. And... I, I, I can almost imagine that, that I have a sense that this is what's going on around me. I, don't have a, I haven't actually seen it myself because I hardly leave the house, but um, I have a feeling that I, I did hear, I, a friend of mine told me about a party he'd been to in upstate New York on a terrace, a dinner party, and he was staggered. It was like a sort of 
what do they call it? Not fan, fan de siècle or, you know, the, this sort of glorious vision of a moment sealed right. in aspect of <laughs> I love a, a purely private pleasure, you know, and there was nothing, it wasn't for show or anything. It was just for the but simple Jim, employment. Jim, that's the thing. I, I, we've had this situation before this that I try to explain, uh, especially to younger clients, younger friends, uh, people who work for me who are in their early 20s, that I'll say to them, you don't have to think that when you wear something once and it's been posted on Instagram, that it's finished. You must mm. stop this. It has to stop. Because the real reality, of course, when I get back to myself at 21 or 22, I didn't have a penny. But I would buy one expensive jacket. I remember buying my first Armani jacket. And it was just, it was literally two months rent. But I thought, I'm going to wear this thing until it's shredded. And I think we're starting to see people realizing that. And when we think about the classic socialites, we think about Nan Kempner, and we think about, you know, Pat Buckley, Chessy Rayner. Mika Erdogan wore the same Madame Grey gown for 40 years. <laughs> you know, she went, and she wore it because she loved it. It brought mm. her joy. And yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. This isn't about everyone else's reaction. This is about what brings you joy. It's also, it's sort of, a reassertion of value, a, a sense of value. Absolutely. You know, that of preciousness that that um this is this is a something that I've been thinking about that could come out of the situation we're going through is the notion of preciousness is uh is kind of becomes more significant again. That that the things that have value for you, that value Lasts, you, you, you know, couture is in a funny way the most sustainable kind of dress, and there is you hand it on to your to your children, and they hand it on. You know that 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 Granny's Chanel dress is drifting around somewhere in one of the family tree down the family tree. Um, I it's, I wonder if it's you, appreciation, you, Tim. You know, yeah, 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 it, yeah. It's a sense of appreciation. I think you know we all. I, I have to be the first person to admit this. I am normally running like the Energizer Bunny, you know, and I just, I need a lot of stimulus. So I'm always traveling. I'm, I'm one of those people who's reading, watching a movie and like, and, and telling the cat, no, I'll feed you later all at once. And I think we all have been forced against our will to actually slow down, consider and appreciate I mean, people in our lives, people around the world, humanity, the earth, a flower blooming, uh, uh, being able to buy a chocolate bar, um, looking in our closets and realizing what we own that makes us feel great, sitting in our house and saying, wow, I remember when I bought that, I love that. The, wow. the, the people who've kept us healthy. I, I think that in the midst of all of this, appreciation for so many things is, is the best thing that I've gotten out of it. And, and when I see even to come to work finally, oh my gosh, I was literally doing the jig. 
I couldn't be more excited than to walk into the office. So, and appreciating beautiful quality, beautiful fabrics. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, coming into 40 years, Tim, when I started and I didn't have a penny, I used to sell all my samples to make money. So I have terrible archives from the beginning. So I'm on the hunt for all of those early Michael Kors pieces. And I asked a woman in LA who's a great vintage dealer, can you find me more Michael Kors from the early 80s? And she said, no, I have everyone's mistakes. She said, yeah, people yeah. dump their mistakes. She said, your clothes, they hold on to them. She said, you know, she said, I don't really get much from you from that era because women really, they wore it and they kept it. Uh, but, but also they wore, I remember, you know, the Ozzie Clark exhibition at the V&A and it looked kind of sad to me. And it was because all those clothes had been worn and loved and, you know, cherished until they were threadbare. Exactly. And nobody ever imagined they would end up in a museum collection. But it was, it, it was a wonder, in one way it was a wonderful valediction and in another way it was quite, you know, because you wanted to see the glory of Ozzie Clark, but the glory of Ozzie Clark was in the clothes that were lived. Absolutely. Not in the clothes that were saved from museums. So I imagine women had the same relationship with your clothes from, from the beginning. Listen, why is it if you, if you went into your closet, you looked at all of your shoes and boots? Well, if, if a woman has a shoe that she picks it up and the sole is perfectly clean, she wore it <laughs> once, if, if at all. But if she has a pair of boots that the leather has worn in and they've become something that's more personal, well, that's, that's in a weird way, I think that's one of my prime things to do as a designer, try to figure out what it is that's going to be that thing that you gravitate towards. I mean, I, 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 more than ever, that's where my head is. But, but do, you, but do, don't you think you've done that? Don't you think you've isolated those, those, that kind of casual glamour that, that, that really was the essence of, you know, American. It's American fashion. Style. It's American yeah, it style. American more yeah. than ever, though, Tim. I have to tell you, for a designer, for for me where i'm used to traveling going on fittings going to italy constantly working well being locked in your house and looking at the same sketches over and over and over at first you think you're going mad but now i realize cuz quite frankly we've just started to get things in from our italian factories and partners and being able to spend that much time and thought, honestly, I think they're the best pieces we've ever made because there was that much thought and attention and time put into them. You know, and, and to see it come to life after 800 Zoom calls is thrilling. Now, do you think, when you look at, when you, when you do this, when you feel like this, do you think there was ever anything that you were doing wrong or there was ever anything you'd started to do wrong? And this has been the most brutal reality check and correcting your course. But when you look back, you think, you're thinking, hmm, maybe I was just a little off track there. Two things have really hit me. Um, number one, this insatiable appetite for what's new, what's new, what's new, what's new. New is wonderful 
when there's something compelling and logical for the person who's wearing it and how they live their life. New for newness sake, or because it'll look cool on Instagram, forget it. Slap your hand. I mean, that's just me as a designer and my clients. So that has definitely been something that shifted. And then I think the other thing, uh, you know, Tim, we are going forward. We are going down to two seasons a year for Michael Kors collection. Uh, we will stagger the deliveries, um, certainly between the collection. And whatever was wrong with calling it spring, summer, these are two actual seasons, fall, winter. What is pre-fall? There is no such thing as pre-fall. Resort or cruise. The richest person in the world does not go on a three-month cruise. <laughs> so I think the storytelling perhaps got too, uh, too overwrought. You know, this, the word content. You know, I think that the word content has diseased the fashion industry. You know, I, I want to see an image that lasts for more than a second. I want words that actually resonate. I want beautiful quality that lasts. And when you're constantly screaming for content, 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 listen, I think, I think, I think you're overloaded. So uh, that's, that's something I, I think is a great change. But you can balance content and resonance. If you can create a convincing story around what you do, that story isn't of the moment. It's a story that in, that lasts, that endures, that everything you do attaches itself to the story and embellishes it. And, you know, I, I, I think about all the shows I went, I, I saw of yours, where you always brought in some unimpeachable American icon, whether it was Catherine Hepburn or John Kennedy Jr. or there, There'd be somebody in there that, that wasn't, you know, wasn't a sort of little Instagram flash. And you weighed everything. And, and if you got caught up in that whole merry-go-round of pre and post and this and that, and then actually what you've done is just regained kind of your, your, your native equilibrium, you yeah, know, to, to get back to this two-season thing. Absolutely, yeah. Tim. I think, I think that it's, it's also just being honest. It's just, you know, honesty then rather than just creating a collection that really, there's no need for it. I mean, my gosh, we ship a pre-fall collection just as the weather in the world is at its warmest. Mm -hmm. It's insanity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I think it's just being genuine and honest and authentic. But was, has there been any moment during this, this lockdown, during this layoff, um, where you felt I could walk away. I could actually go and live a different life. I could live a life that I've always dreamed of living. You talk about Capri all the time. I mean, <laughs> there's never been a moment where you just wanted to go to an island and just call it quits. Jim, I can't believe you just brought up Capri. Do you know what I did this morning on my way into the office? Booked a trip to Capri. No, you can't. So we can't go. I can't go to Capri. Uh, yeah. No, I actually pulled up a video 
that I shot, Lance and I are on a small boat going through and under the Ferrioni. And I, it's just this magic, quiet, wonderful moment. And I thought, here I am in New York City. It couldn't be grittier or, or more surreal right now, quite frankly. Um, and I'm looking at this image from Capri and I sent it out to a whole group of friends and I said, we can dream, can't we? And, but I have to tell you, I, I don't think that the thought of just, oh, I'm done with this. I am so energized still, which is amazing to me, I have to be honest, that 40 years in, I mean, yesterday I got new shoes and handbags in. And I, I have been working on them and looking at the sketches and the materials for four and a half months. You would have thought it was Christmas. I was just so excited. And I, and I still believe in the joy of it. Um, now, granted, right now, am I missing being able to shift my eye, you know, and get out and travel the world? Absolutely. I mean, to go to the theater even. I mean, you know, we've been watching theater on, on, on television. Imelda Staunton in, in Gypsy on Amazon, thank God. You know, Hamilton, thank goodness. You know, and I saw both of them live. It's certainly not the same thing, but, but we need to, to, to find that, you know, that joy and, and, and also see something out of our own parameters. You know, I always think that's so important. So, and I've seen New York during this, Tim, in a way that I never have in the past. Um, and, and some of it has been wonderful. You know, uh, normally in the spring in New York, I'm never home. I, I, I can't remember seeing New York bloom. Uh, so taking a walk in the neighborhood and seeing a tree bloom in the midst of this unimaginable pandemic, then you think to yourself, wow, there's a plus of being here. I got to experience that. And, and to see the public come together globally and here in New York, after watching the horrific murder of George Floyd, to see everyone say no more, this is, this, this is done. You know, it, it reminded me quite frankly, when I was a child and for the first time, the Vietnam War was the first war that was in your living room. It was televised. And when we saw, as, as Americans, when we saw a little girl napalmed, everyone said, no more, it's gotta end. So, so the difficulties have forced us all to slow up, but I think there's gonna be a wonderful rebirth. I don't wanna predict when, I'm not a scientist, but I know that the human spirit is actually alive and engaged. I know, I know my own, you know? Um, so, so if I feel that way, I think a lot of people feel that way. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. It's extraordinary what happened. I, I mean, we were talking before about historically, in a thousand years, they'll be talking about the year 2000 because of this extraordinary confluence, this pandemic, which kind of leveled the playing field. Everywhere. And, and and then George Floyd's murder, which sparked this outrage, which, which in, in a funny way, if, if the pandemic blanked the slate, that, that the George Floyd murder, the resulting Black Lives Matter movement, which, went, which has gone all over the world, everywhere in the world, gave it this form, gave, gave, a, sort of, gave a sort of structure to the blank slate in a way, where all these hundreds of years of injustice suddenly crystallized and, and everyone was, was outraged, out, was justifiably outraged. And the outrage spread into all the other areas around the world where injustice has been unaddressed for so long. But it's been curious watching how our industry kind of deals with this. Um, um, I'm just wondering how you feel fashion fits into this landscape that has been so radically altered. 
in the last six months? You know, I think that the the without sounding like Pollyanna, um, the simple truth is I believe that fashion people, many fashion people, we 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 dreamt of this fashion world, many of us. And I think that to be able to be successful and make a living doing what you dreamt of. And, and you know, I, when I started my business, I, I had no experience, I had no money, but I had my dream. And, and, and I went out there and I did it. And since the beginning though, I've always had this sense that I'm so fortunate that I knew my dream, I was able to figure it out and I could pursue it and I could stick to it. And I think that the industry has to be full of people who feel very fortunate, quite frankly, about the fact that they were able to find something that they wanted to do in life that, that made them feel whole and energized. So more than ever, the fashion industry has to give back. You must give back. You know, when I think about, for me, it's progressed uh, in my career. And, you know, whether it was back in the 80s when I started working with God's Love We Deliver, thinking about the World Food Program, Tim, you know, hunger around the world now more than ever. We've delivered 19 million meals. Thinking about the injustice uh, of our legal system. So donating and working with the NAACP Legal Defense Fund thinking about young designers who can barely turn their lights on and, and thinking about what we can see and what good we can do and donating to Common Thread. Any of us who are successful, you know, it, it is so imperative and it's all dependent, obviously. Not everyone can give the same amount of money. Sometimes, I mean, I have people during the lockdown who were actually going in and they were, they were on the front lines at God's Love We Deliver because, quite frankly, they couldn't get any volunteers. So it's not just the money. It's just to, to give back is, uh, I think, such the greatest gift in the world. We have to make sure that everyone in the world knows that if anything has convinced us that we're all attached, it is certainly the pandemic has done that and the Black Lives Matter movement has done that. We're all in this. Now you feel you you went through the AIDS crisis. You went through nine eleven, the financial crisis, um, two thousand eleven. <laughs> chapter chapter eleven, yes. Um, this feels so huge. This feels like it's coming at you from all angles. It's also so global. How do you? What have you found in yourself to meet this challenge? This particular challenge. Which, which does seem quite insurmountable in some levels. Well, Tim, if you, if you really think, you know, if I started in 1981, but I started working in New York in the late 70s, where, I mean, the city was bankrupt. The, the, the homelessness was horrific. Uh, drugs on the street, the crack epidemic. Then we went into the- I was living there then. Yeah, then we went into the AIDS pandemic where everyone I knew was getting sick and dying. Uh, the whole industry was crushed. Then, like you said, all of the financial 
three financial collapses in my lifetime, plus being able to, 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 to rationally think that I got to watch a plane from my terrace go into the World Trade Center. And, and, and each time, I can only say as a New Yorker, I think New Yorkers are very gritty and resilient. I just do. And we somehow, we sort of say, okay, forward motion. What are we gonna do to make sure that we do everything in our power, that we don't walk backwards? Uh, so I have been, and right now it's hard to make plans, Tim, because of course, we don't even know, you know, are we gonna travel? When are we traveling? When can we travel? How do we see people? How do we connect? So we can't really make those finite plans, but we can know that we have to be smart and measured and always think about going forward. I think you can't look over your shoulder. I think you have to think about what's next, but you have to be smart and intelligent. And right now we have slowed up. And I think slowing up is, is important. I think it's human. Um, Perhaps we don't want to slow up to the extent that we all have been forced to, um, but that's how I'm dealing with this. Um, and, you know, again, don't call me Pollyanna, please. But I think it's the only way for us to, to move forward and go through this. Um, so if that means I'm at work with only four people, I'm at work with four people. You know, I think that's, that's brilliant. I'm happy. Um, and, and we will come through it. I know we will. Uh, this though, you're right, it's never been this before. Because this is a confluence of everything all at once globally. Mm -hmm. But you know, the funny thing is though, Tim, think about this. That's also because we have more information at our fingertips. All of these things that happened in the past, so many of them were global, but we weren't as connected. And now we're connected. Do you feel that? Do you feel yourself becoming more political? You've always been pretty political. You've you've always had this sort of passion, but do you feel your passion becoming more of a fury? Oh, in this I, I I don't understand that. We I don't know if it's political. I've always been incredibly compassionate and very empathetic. And if I don't see empathy, I get angry. And, and I think that empathy also as a designer, you know, I have, when I, when I talk to students that I work with at, at FIT, for instance, in New York, I always say to them, guys, tattoo empathy on your head. You will not be successful unless you can put yourself in someone else's shoes. So am I more defiantly empathetic than ever before, yes, I am. Everything from the person who is in the grocery store to my clients, to someone in a country who I've never met, um, we're in this together. Mm. So I don't know if it's, you know, uh, am, I, am I more political? Listen, I've always been, I, I think that I'm full of passion too. And, and I think we have to be passionate. I don't understand how people can look at the world and, and remain blasé. How can you? You know, and, and if, if you think about the future, I mean, don't you want to see future generations 
live in a place where we've moved forward, not gone backwards. You know, it's, it's forward motion. That's what fashion should be, always. I wonder what it does to your sense of responsibility, though, as a successful, as a successful man, a successful designer, uh, how you've, you've manifested that sense of responsibility in so many ways, but now there's such an urgency. Uh, I feel, I, I saw the footage from Second Avenue yesterday with the unmarked vans dragging people off bicycles. Um, Unimaginable. It's, it's unimaginable. breathtaking to watch it from the other side of the Atlantic. It is breathtaking to watch it. Jim, that. unimaginable. You know, it's, it's uh, when I, what I, my gosh, it was about a year and a half ago. I uh, went to the Jewish Museum here in New York and uh, they were just opening the Auschwitz exhibit. And I had one of the curators was really kind and said, would you like to come in before we open? And I said, well, I would love to. And we started walking through and she started explaining that her father uh, was a survivor of the camps and how it resonated with her. And I said to her, I said, you know, I said, even when I was a child, there, there was this sort of, it was unspoken. No one, no one really discussed it. No one talked about what happened, um, you know, during, during World War II and, and all the camps. And then I said to her, well, I have a friend who is an AIDS survivor he has had AIDS since 1985. He has now lost his eyesight totally. And he is the child of two concentration camp survivors. And she said, wow. She said, that's unbelievable. And I said, you know what? He gives me great hope that, you know, his parents survived the camps. They raised a family. They came to America. They, they found a forward motion in their lives and that he has been ill for all these years. You know, when I found out how he lost his sight, he was at a cocktail party at Bergdorf Goodman. And yet he kept going, he keeps going. So I, when I see things like watching people yanked off the street into a van on Second Avenue, we can't allow this to happen. This just, it's, 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 it, it goes against the very nature of humanity. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, it won't happen. I think it's a blip. Um, I think that there's too much kindness in human beings and too much empathy, ultimately, for that to become something that just runs rampant. But yes, do I see it? And I'm shocked. I can't, I can't believe that this is my city. This is in New York City that this can happen. And you know, the words never again, which have been, which have been spoken so passionately for, for so many years, uh, to see that never again, actually, uh, the human memory is, is, is such a frustrating thing mm -hmm. that, that never again, we're looking at seeds being planted now that are the absolute beginning of 
of things we've seen we before. We have to stop it out. We have to yeah, stop it out. No, no, I'm, I'm curious about how you, you know, you say we, but how you feel, how you feel that is possible. How, what, 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 what do we need to be doing? You say we, I mean. Oh, in, I think number one, I think everyone, uh, everyone on the planet uh, in whatever way they can, first off, you have to make sure your voice is heard. You know, the notion in this country of people not voting is shocking. It's just shocking. I mean, when I hear people who are 20 years old and they say, well, no, I've never voted. I'm not sure if I'm gonna vote. Does it really matter? Yes, it matters. It matters. We must vote. Um, you have to have your voice heard. Mm. Uh, you know, that's- Same situation, yeah. Same situation here. You know, you have to have your voice heard. You can also realistically, you think about the global community and you just think about kindness and you think about empathy and whether you can only afford, I don't know, to skip a coffee in the morning. You know, I mean, it's, what is it? You know, five euros for a coffee. So skip the coffee and take the five euros and, and, and give it back, give it back to the community. I think that everyone can be involved. And we also have to remind people, you know, it is true. One of the most eloquent phrases that we, I grew up with was never again. Well, never again needs to be just tattooed just for so many, so many situations that we're dealing with now. You know, uh, just, it's, it's crazy. It's an epidemic of it. And we just have to remember, we are all so connected. I mean, how grateful am I for my health? Well, I'm very, very fortunate that I have great health coverage, but someone else might not. Mm. What can we do to make sure that that's not the case? And also, you know, just go back to fashion Somehow, when the world is complicated, Tim, we all as fashion people, we can start to think, oh, I don't know, is what we do important? You know, is this really important? Well, somehow, I believe, number one, we won't even talk about all of the people who are connected, who design and work and manufacture and, and, and bring all this to life. But when I see a woman try on three things, and somehow she puts one of them on and her posture changes. She's got a different spirit. She's become her best self. So is that important? Yeah, you bet that's important. Because right now, do we need to be our best selves? Absolutely, more than ever. So I think that that's, that's the thing. When, when we do get dejected as fashion folk to say, oh my God, the world's in such a storm. And, and I'm sitting here worrying about, you know, a beautiful boot or an amazing shoulder bag or the right cardigan. Well, guess what? If this is something, not only for the economic point of view, but if this is something that lets people be the best selves, hey, that's great. That's amazing. So, and, and we're all connected that way. So that's fashion as remedy in a way, isn't it? You or antidote, fashion as antidote, yeah. I realized, by the way, during lockdown, 
that I was doing so many of these damn calls and I, you know, I have a closet full of black clothes. But then why are there certain black clothes that I kept grabbing for on all of my Zoom calls? Why? I mean, I have 15 black hoodies, but I wore the same two because those two, when I saw how they looked on screen, they felt great and they looked good. And I said, you know what? I want more of those. I don't want the 13 that are <laughs> I want the two great ones. What about color? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well. I have read that men are turning to color in lockdown, you know. Tim, right. Tim all I can tell you is whenever people <laughs> say they don't believe me that I was a trendy dresser when I was young, <laughs> I was. Um, you know what? I guess it's just for me. Personally, I just, the idea that I have to think about what I'm putting on, it just, I can't, I just can't do it. Because I'm sitting there like so, I don't know, locked into thinking about what everyone else is gonna fall in love with. I just wanna be able to grab and go for myself. Mm. You know, and this, you know, this season, as I said before, I am not a good gardener and I am a lousy cook. And these are both things that I had to sort of, I don't know, uh, brush up my skills a bit since I had a terrace that bloomed and then suddenly was dying. And there I was hand watering it with a measuring cup until I actually went out and bought a fabulous watering can, which was a big purchase and exciting. Um, and the pleasure of seeing the color in that garden, absolutely joyous, you know, or, me baking a pie, I, I, I truly, for me, baking a pie was- What kind of pie did you bake? I made a blueberry pie. Oh, how nice. And I made, I it came out well, there was only one problem. I, it, I, no one told me you should put a pan underneath it. So it bubbled all over the oven, uh, made a horrific mess, uh, but it tasted good. Now, Michael, uh, what is, uh, what is the role of culture after, after we come through this? I have been talking, you know, and I think I, I, was, I was a punk rocker. I loved, I loved punk music and punk was such a reaction to, you know, a youthful creed occur um, for everything that was going on um, in the world around us all. And how do you think, and you're, you're such a lover of theater and you're such a lover of, you, you've always, been so uh you always promoted people so so um so uh dedicate with such dedication what comes next for theater for actors actresses musicians what what do you see in the future for them well it's it's i have to tell you um you know i always think live performers are besides their, their God-given talent to express, they're like athletes. You know, you, you, they, they, they have their adrenaline gets going. They're nervous. Then they get out there and the explosion of talent. And right now, I think it's sad that you have globally incredibly talented performers who get such a rush out of the interaction with a live audience. And they've got to they've got to work out like an athlete would. Um, 
I think that so many of them are, you know, trying to communicate uh, with people who love what they do via Zoom. It's like, you know, I was laughing. You know, Tiffany Haddish is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. Uh, no one's funnier, no one's smarter. And we texted each other and, and then I said, what are you doing? And she said, oh, watch this video that I just posted. And she said, on the video, she said, if you're a comedian, you have to have live laughter. And I realized something's going wrong. I'm doing stand-up routines to my garden. <laughs> so I think that, you know, I think live performance for me, I mean, I love movies. I do. Uh, and I actually want to see them in a movie theater. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to see it at home. It's not the same. I love the communal. Um, I think we're going to have an incredible renaissance, Tim, when we are able to gather for live theater, for movies together, for concerts. Um, I think that the world's going to be so overjoyed to be able to experience that. You know, right before lockdown, um, I went to, we're very involved with a theater group here in New York, a non-for-profit called The Roundabout. And they have their annual gala. And we've been involved with them for a long time. And we went to the gala. And at my table, I had all of my favorite women from Broadway. You know, Audrey McDonald, Jane Krakowski, Sutton Foster, uh, you know, incredible women. And I thought to myself, my God, this is Valhalla. This is Nirvana for me. And then we went into lockdown. And, and, you know, and I've been in touch with all of them to see how they're doing and how their families are doing. And they are all so anxious to get out there and get back on stage. So I think it's going to be a wonderful renaissance. We don't know when it'll be. It certainly won't be the same way. And then what's happened to all of us as human beings, all of those performances are going to reflect that. We know that. I, what 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 do you think people will be like? I, I mean, we we talk about kind. You talked about kindness. Um, I mean, weaponized kindness is an interesting notion. It's kind of a bit contradictory, but uh, I'd be curious to see what how that manifests itself. But how will we be different? It, it's it, it, we can't go back. We know too much. Um, to be ignorant now is willful. What happens next? I think we are going to have to, for the first time, without me sounding like a religious guru, we have to find balance, Tim. We all are gonna have to find balance. We can't suddenly, if the world opens up, right? The world opens up. We somehow eradicate this disease we, we all communicate with one another and we all realize we can, we can be better human beings. We can think more inclusively, more open-minded. Well, let's not pedal backwards and suddenly start dancing on tables and pretend that it's the great Gatsby. Woo, woo! I think we have to find a way to be conscious always of slowing down, considering, thoughtful, but at the same time having some sense of celebration 
because when we get out of this, it will be a celebration for everyone. I can't wait to see what you do with it in clothes, though. That's going to be so interesting. Are you, are you even thinking? Oh, who could what? predict? Who could possibly? That's the other thing, of course, for fashion people. You know, we don't, we, we're not able to, like, you know, design something on Monday and then ethically have it in the shops by Wednesday. So, so you know, to be a sort of with my crystal ball, um, when the world is so inflamed and so volatile every day, it's a tough thing. So right now for me, designing, it's about constancy. I think that's really what, what's, that's, that's where I'm going. Because my gosh, I, I'm craving it. We all are. So clothes could console or they could, they could excite. I actually think they should be both. I, I don't know why it should be one or the other. Why shouldn't fashion do both for you? You know, I never understood this whole idea of, you know, you gave one thing up for the other. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that when you, you know, especially also when you think about fashion, uh, I've always, you know, we did cores, my cores line in 1992. And I remember at the time, the reason I did it I happened to be in a department store when my Michael Kors collection clothes went on sale. And I saw these great looking women kind of rushing to the sale rack. And I thought, you know what? There's a bigger audience out there and they're sophisticated, they're smart. They just don't have the same bank account. So why aren't you always thinking about whether it's someone spending $100 or someone spending $1,000 or $10,000, why would you give up anything when you buy it? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, oh, well, I feel really sexy in it, but I can't move. It's really comfortable, but, you know, I really don't like how I photograph in it. I feel hmm. powerful, but I can only wear it twice a year. All of that's ridiculous. So I, 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 I say don't give up anything. And, and maybe that's also part of the reason why slowing down is going to help for everyone. Well, thank you very much, Michael. My pleasure. It's so good to see you, and God knows when it'll be in the flesh. But uh... by then, we'll both have very long hair. <laughs> well, you've got to do something about yours. You can't keep cutting it. You've got to let it grow. This is only I think Robert I don't have it's enough what? hair anymore. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Plant. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Tim. Be well. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating, and you might be interested in joining the Business of Fashion's global membership community, BOF Professional. Our members receive exclusive deep dive analysis regular email briefings, as well as unlimited access to our archive of over 10,000 articles, our new iPhone app, learning materials from BOF Education. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. 
Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 